Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. Man, we are getting some snow this year. In Anchorage, they have 100 inches of snow. I think that's only happened three or four times since they started keeping track of all that. So it is definitely an interesting year as it relates to snow. Uh, It snowed the last three days here on the Kenai Peninsula, and I'm looking forward to it being 60 degrees and sunny hopefully soon. We want to thank our show sponsor, the University of Alaska, for sponsoring the Must Read Alaska show. You can check them out at empower.alaska.edu, and you can hear all about our show sponsor. We We want to just really appreciate them for sponsoring the show and helping us get uh, conservative news for all the nooks and crannies of Alaska. But without further ado, we have a returning guest. What This guest is is uh, pretty awesome. He is the president of Palau, President Whips. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska show again. Well, first of all, Ali, and welcome. Uh, and thank you for uh, allowing me to be on your show. And I bring you warm greetings from Palau. That's one thing that's consistent in Palau. It's uh, 86 degrees during the day and 79 at night. And that's the temperature all year round. The only difference is you might have run sunshine or rain. Uh, I love so, that. And, uh, you know, I, we talked last time you were on the show about how you had a special relationship with our f- former congressman, Don Young. And so, uh, you know, one of these days, if you haven't already, you're going to have to come visit Alaska because... We'd yes. love to uh, host you here. Yeah, that, that, uh, yeah definitely got to do that one of these days. So you, you've you been all around the world, literally. If somebody's paying attention to your Twitter, you are, you are, you know, on a plane, zooming around, speaking at different world events. Um, tell me about what that's like, you know, being somebody who's looked at as a leader as it relates to, you know, climate change and those kinds of topics. I think that people look at you because your nation is an island nation and they want to hear about how the climate change is affecting your nation. And so talk to me a little bit about what it, what it looks like to, you know, to be that leader around the world and speaking on the world stage. Well, you know, uh, I think one of uh, uh, the things that we always uh, believe in here in Palau is that we're blessed. We're blessed to have uh, a beautiful nation. God has blessed us with uh, marine resources, forests, and the land. And so we always believe that we should be good stewards of what we have. And we should take care of what God has given us. And uh, so, you know, one of the things that uh, Palauans have always done is uh, uh, the chiefs of the village would get together. And as a management tool to uh, protect resources, then we get together and say, uh, we're going to stop fishing in this area for a certain amount of time to allow it to regenerate and come back and, and, and be more resilient and, and, and abundant. And that has worked. That's, that's what we've been able to sustain ourselves for thousands of years. And really, it's just using those principles. Uh, uh, so, you know, Palau, uh, we, we 
uh, have, have been a leader in conservation efforts, uh, combating IUU, uh, protecting our fishery resources. Uh, we actually had a lot of uh, people that came up to Alaska to learn how you've been uh, you know, managing your fishing resources to see how we can adapt some of that and, and bring that into the local economy and, and how we can revive, uh, you know, really at the end of the day, you don't want foreign fishing fleets exploring your waters. You want, yeah. you want it to benefit local people. And, and so it's really using those different principles and, and, and being able to share those with our colleagues in the Pacific and the world. So what we've always advocated for is that, you know, we're a small developing country, but uh, as a large ocean state, one of the challenges that we have is being surrounded by water. Uh, climate change is real to us. We live it every day. Uh, we have um, sea level rising. In my lifetime, it's at least going up about six inches from what I've seen. Uh, so, and then at certain tides, docks are overrun, which never were overrun when I was uh, younger. Uh, but it also inundates our taro swamps, which is a taro is an important staple that we we uh, uh, depend on. It's like our rice or potatoes. Yep. And and then uh, you know, recently, one of the challenges we've had is with global warming, with the extreme heat, uh, uh, we've had droughts. Uh, but with those droughts, the extreme heat in the water causes coral bleaching. And then we have some very unique jellyfish that are in our waters. Uh, and then and they're stingless that you can swim with. And those jellyfish uh, in 97 disappeared. Then again, in 2017, they come back about after two years. And then just recently, uh, this last year disappeared again because of those extreme weather events. So, you know, we, we, we live it, we see it. And so we, we feel that it's, it's our, our duty to do what we can. So uh, we believe protecting our ocean is important because our ocean is the largest carbon sink. We shouldn't be deep sea mining. We shouldn't be clawing with deep sea trawling but that, that releases carbon. We also believe that we should protect those resources. We also believe uh, that uh, uh, the biodiversity we've been blessed with is it's, it's our responsibility to take care of. But uh, we can't do it alone. Uh, Palau just making its efforts is not going to make a big difference. So that's why, you know, when we go around, we try to get the rest of the world to come on board and say, if you can transition to renewable energy, please do, because it helps us. If you can uh, adapt the policy that which we're trying to promote around the world, which is 30% protected by 2030 of all your marine uh, areas and 100% uh, managed. And, and, and that we, we believe that should apply to the, the BB and J, that's the uh, boundaries beyond national jurisdiction. And uh, so we, 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 we think that, uh, uh, you know, this climate change issue is a global issue that all of us must look for solutions together and, and and we believe it can be a win-win. You know, we can become energy producers. Now, one of the things that we're doing in Palau is 20% of our grid is going to become solar. Nice. Energized. So that's doing our part. And so, we, you know, uh, and, and, and what, what's interesting is we're going to be able to do that and reduce power rates because it's cheaper than us using diesel today uh, to power our grid. So it's, you know, it's, it's a win-win. And I think that's, that's, that's the story that we need to share is, you know, you can make these changes, but it'll be good for both sides. It's not, uh, so. 
I like that. So <laughs> it seems like you have a good relationship with the U.S. I have seen on Twitter where you're sharing a stage or a podium with John Kerry or different other officials uh, in the U.S. Talk to me a little bit about your relationship specifically with the U.S. and how important that is to um, your country. Well, uh, back last year in April, Palau was uh, fortunate to be able to the, be the seventh host of the Our Oceans Conference. And that you know started in the U.S. and uh, before Palau was Bali, then before that, Norway. And this year it was held in Panama. And that's, that's really that conference brings together uh, 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 nations to talk about ocean issues, illegal fishing, plastic pollution, uh, you know, uh, biodiversity, and, and just, you know, how do we uh, really make use of the ocean to optimize uh, its benefit to the people, uh, uh, the, uh, the people of the world? And so last year, uh, we co-hosted it with the United States, with John Kerry. John Kerry uh, started this Our Oceans Conference back in 2014. And uh, so uh, it's really raising awareness about ocean issues. And I think Alaska uh, is very much at the center of, you have so much ocean territory yeah. uh, and you do such a great job in managing and protecting it and, and, and lessons that we can learn from. Um, so, you know, it, it's sharing those things. I mean, you know, the national park system in the U.S., those those kinds of things is, is things that we can all learn from. And, you know, a lot of times it's sometimes we're driven by money. For example, deep sea mining, it's all about, we want to get out there and, and mine, but it's if you're going to mine, let's make sure you're not destroying the environment at the same time. Do it, uh, uh, do it, do it uh, responsibly. And, and then, you know, that's what we're asking is go study it, understand it. If you're creating large plumes in the ocean, how is that going to impact the tuna stocks that we have? How is that going to impact, you know, those are things that we want answered. And, and if we're going to do something, let's do it right and, and make sure that uh, the ocean, which is really provides life for everyone uh, on the planet, is protected and, and used to the benefit of all mankind. I like so, that. So one of the things that you, you recently spearheaded, I believe, is a new stable coin for your country. Talk to us about mm -hmm. that. I think that, you know, Doing that, you're going to be on the cutting edge, on the front edge of, of um, crypto. I think crypto is here to stay. There are some speed bumps along the way, obviously. Um, but um, talk to me about what that is and why you, why, why you guys did that. Well, one of our, our biggest challenges and, and, and something I knew before I ran into office is Palau is, is uh, very much a tourism-dependent economy and fishing. And during COVID, 30% of our economy is wiped out because of the tourism dependency. And uh, we, we knew that uh, uh, one of the things that we had to do was diversify our economy. And, and you know, what are ways to diversify your economy? Oh, one, one of the things that we always believed in is that we should look at the financial sector, see what opportunities are out there. And, and, and you know, blockchain, cryptocurrency is really the new frontier, right? And um, you know, uh, you spend uh, thousands of dollars uh, to go out and mine for gold, right? Heavy equipment, burning diesel, doing Bitcoin mining is very similar. You can use energy to, uh, to uh, mine for those coins. So, you know, we, we said, well, maybe, what are ways maybe we can 
as, as a small country uh, with a smaller government, maybe we can adapt things quicker uh, and introduce ourselves to maybe new concepts uh, that really provide people with economic freedom. I mean, this whole digital technology, uh, Web3, uh, blockchain technology, I think really opens up uh, digital, I mean, freedom. Uh, and, and so, uh, Stablecoin is just a part of our kind of overhaul plan. Uh, we first uh, launched what we call a digital residency program. And uh, for example, there are some countries in the world and some jurisdictions in the world that don't allow for trading of cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. So what we, we said in Palau is, well, we'll allow you to become a digital resident. And as a digital resident, you can use that residency and you can have crypto accounts in on Binance or on, on any other platform, and then be able to trade that currency. Uh, so that's gonna, that's gonna be popular. Yeah. So we well, and we we already have five thousand that have signed up. Wow. So it's so it's it, it's growing. We're not as Estonia is really the leader in this space. We're we're um, learning and, and and trying to come up with more programs. And one of the things that we, we understood is that it would be beneficial to Palau to have a, a stable coin. Uh, Palau uses US dollars, so it's US BAT. And, uh, and that stable coin will be US dollar back, so it's $1 for one uh, stable coin. But really, the ability to trade in crypto in the stable coin and out and in and out, and, that, and that's, uh, that's one side of it. Uh, so if we develop it, it comes to that point, that's what we see as the potential. But on the local side, what we saw is, I give you a simple example. Because we use US dollars in Palau, that means we use pennies, quarters, dimes, nickels. And one of our biggest challenges in Palau is the banks that are here, and which are US banks. We have Bank of Hawaii, Bank of Guam, and they don't like to bring in the coins, pennies, quarters, because it's heavy and expensive to transport, mm -hmm. right? So we're always running out of coins in the stores. And so providing a Palau stablecoin or a digital wallet, now we can uh, help it e ease the tra transactions in Palau, uh, get away from using currency. Uh, uh, it's more efficient. But also we found that there's some people that just don't put money in banks. Yeah. So giving them a digital wallet, this also, also open, opens up uh, new opportunities for the unbankable. So, and you know, that will maybe translate into people giving e-loans to each other and other other forms of uh, digital payments and and digital banking that I think we're we're not tapped into yet. Uh, but you know the world is already uh, going into them. So it's really embracing that new technology. Uh, the advantage of being small and nimble is being able to adapt and, and, uh, to it. So we're excited about it. Uh, we're hoping to launch locally. Uh, 200 members to try to test it out, test the software. We're working with um, uh, a, a company called Ripple uh, that also has the XRP coin. Uh, founder uh, Chris Lar nice. uh, Larson yeah, was uh, a very uh, generous to say, you know, we want to work with you and help you uh, um, launch this. And they have a, what they call the, they have their own ledger. And that's really how they're helping us to create these digital wallets and and be able to do this. So um, yeah, that sounds very great. exciting. Yeah.
Well, so we're one, excited. One of the things that I've noticed about um, your country, just you know, looking from afar from Alaska, is it seems to be a a country that places a great deal and emphasis on their faith, their their faith community. So for you, how how does faith play a role in your job that you have? It seems like you this is a nation that takes faith very seriously. So how does that play out in your everyday life? Well, you know, Palau is um, uh, the first the Spanish arrived here back in the really the 1500s, introduced the uh, religion to Palau. So Palau, we would say a large majority of Palauans, uh, I would say uh, 90% of Palauans are, are Christian. Mm -hmm. uh, even our, what we call our local religion has ties, they believe in, in God. And, and so uh, it's, it's, it's very much a Christian uh, a nation. Uh, Palau, uh, one of the things that uh, I always share that's maybe different from other countries is our, our programs, you know, our government programs, I, I think are almost run like a church service. Because we have an opening prayer, we have a, you know, <laughs> I love a it. and then we have a closing prayer. I always we have so we have a, a benediction, and, and you know I think we're blessed because of that, uh, and I think the people of Palau also feel that, and they, uh, so you know I have a press conference when I have a press conference I have prayer before we begin, you know we got we have to be thankful for what God has blessed us with, and and and, and as good stewards we need to take care of it, and and you know that's just I think. Um, the, what we've been taught and, and, and over the years. And, and it ties into with the way our culture is too. So, um, yeah. That's pretty awesome. So what's one thing, you know, in the next 12 months that you're going to be focusing on for your country? Give us a 60,000 foot view of some of those high level policies that you're going to be working on. Well, well, I think you brought it up first. We need to get those planes to be able to carry you to pull out. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, right now, I'm kind of stuck with the United Monopoly. Uh, United is the only carrier that comes through Guam to Palau, but we're thankful that they're flying. Uh, we're, we're hoping that China Airlines uh, will increase its flights. They're flying from Taiwan to Palau. They have two flights a week. Uh, that's another option. I don't know if they fly to Anchorage, but uh, we used to have uh, flights from Korea. Uh, Asian and Korean Airlines used to fly to Palau. We're hoping that they would start again. Uh, we're trying, we've just launched a new service with Australian government. They now have a flight that comes from Brisbane uh, to uh, Port Moresby in New Guinea and then on to Palau. So it's it's really developing, you know, Palau as a hub and, and re reigniting our tourism industry, which is, is at this point, we're at 25% of where we were in 2019. So we need to get it back. It's an important part of our economy. And you know, of course, we've launched these other initiatives like, you know, the digital residency, the digital uh, stable coin. These are things that are hopefully can develop a new new economy. I mean, one of the things we want to do is uh, uh, encourage us to be a place where digital nomads uh, come and, and hang out. Uh, and why not hang out in paradise and work? Uh, you know, if you're doing, if you're doing a gaming program, you're doing any type of uh, programming, you can program from anywhere. And you know, Palau has got uh, uh, one fiber optic cable. We have another one that's hooking up at the end of the year. Uh, so we have that capacity. So that entrepreneurs, just... online entrepreneurs can come live in Palau and live the dream on the beach while earning their online income. That's 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 our so one of the programs we're having is 
setting up a, a corporate registry online to try to attract those people to come and you know hang out. And uh, I like that. Yeah, and I think it's a win-win. Enjoy paradise. Provide some money to our economy to help us, uh, you know, provide uh, a good standard of living for our people, and hopefully uh, we make a happy citizens. Right. So, what's one thing that you hope to, you know, let's say you run into somebody who's never even heard of Palau. You're at a conference in New York City, and they're. What's the one thing you want to um, make sure people know about when it comes to your country? Well, uh, first of all, it's warm. The climate is warm and the people are warm. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, please uh, come and enjoy uh, what God has blessed us with. Uh, we like to say it's heaven here on earth and uh, uh, we have uh, beautiful treasures in the ocean for you to dive and explore and a beautiful culture that's very unique. Um, so, uh, yes, awesome. if you come. Any yeah. last minute, uh, I want to be mindful of your time. Any last minute thoughts before we head off here? Uh, 25 minutes has went by in a flash. Oh, well, I wanted to share, since we were talking about stablecoin, there's two yes. types of money that uh, originated from Palau. I think one is the Yapin stone money that was mined in Palau and transported to the Yap. So there's these big disks, that it doesn't matter where they're located. The, the families know the history and they're transferred because by the, the, the legends uh, about that stone that was carved out of the rock islands here in Palau. The Palauans thought that was a, a little too big because they're big stones, some of them is, as much as eight foot in diameter. So we go with the money beads and they're made out of, uh, uh, we say these stones that arrive uh, from somewhere and there's legends behind these stones, but they're money beads and they're small and they're even smaller. And much easier to transport, but the same same principle applies, you know. So each stone, each uh, each uh, a bead has a story, and it was used to pay for this funeral or this house or buy a boat, and it was transferred from this sister to that a brother, and, and and so that history is the blockchain keep track of the value and and what that uh, that bead is worth. So you know, I mean, just as uh, it's interesting that now. Thousands of years later, we're we're now launching on the new uh, stablecoin, which is the new on the new platform, the new blockchain. You're starting so, a new tradition. New tradition, yes. Well, President so, Whips, I I thank you so much for uh, joining us on the Must Read Alaska Show. If if somebody's listening and you are an entrepreneur, maybe you just work remotely and you're looking for paradise, I want to encourage you to go Google Palau, buy a one way ticket from United, <laughs> go check it out because. This country is beautiful. Uh, the people, uh, every person that I've interacted with on your staff is amazing. And uh, President, you're always welcome back on. And we really appreciate you joining us here again on the Must Read Alaska Show. Well, thank you again so much for the time. Thank you for the opportunity to share a little bit about Palau. Awesome. Look forward to everyone visiting. I love it. Uh, well, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. And we want to thank our show sponsor, uh, the University of Alaska. You can go check them out at empower.alaska.edu. And I'll put in the podcast description all of the Visit Palau links that I can find. Until next time, I'm John Quick from somewhere in Alaska. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you.